Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about untapped growth opportunities, five powerful strategies you're likely missing. We're also going to be talking about what are the benefits of running uh, branded campaigns for businesses on Amazon and the strategies that can, uh, can be implemented in remarketing and loyalty campaigns. So welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high-quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training, and ongoing professional development, get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistants for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today. And now let's get back to the show. All right. So uh, let me see. I know that uh, usually a good chunk of our audience is in Chicago, by the way. I went out and we had cigars with uh, Chuck last night. Um, Shea was here. Um, there was uh, Tony Sagar. I mean, there's a, there's a Steve Fillion's here. There's just a ton of people here. A Luke um, that we can normally see in the comments section. So. Anyways, hopefully they can join us, but the the uh, event has been very good. I just, I followed up uh, after Kevin did his 21 hacks and I did 22. No, I I, I, did, I worked on perceived value. So anyways, it, it's been pretty good. But I uh, can't cut into this too long today. Uh, Brett's got to, I think he's got to leave at 10-2. So why don't we just get right into it? All right. So if we're going to get into it. Questions, comments over in the comments section. And I guess I'm at that point where I can say, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. Welcome, Brett. What's up, Norm? Man, excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. I just, I was a little disappointed that you weren't sweating because you were so excited to be talking to me. Uh, but well, that's uh, part of it. <laughs> yeah. We're glad to be here. And I almost, I almost joined you in Chicago. So our mutual friend, Tomer Rabinovich, he was like, man, you got to come to this event in Chicago timing didn't work out but i'm sure you're having you're having fun and you're getting your steps in which that's valuable so well usually i have an average of 100 steps a day i try to keep maintain that uh you know but uh it's killing me now it's killing me. so uh we got a really great subject that we're going to be talking about and those are these untapped growth opportunities always get me with that like five powerful strategies that we're likely missing so where do we even want to start? Like, let's. I guess we could talk about um, how effective Google uh, Google to Amazon ads. How effective is are the uh, Google to Amazon ads in driving traffic uh, on and sales over to the platform? You gotta. Uh, you just gotta. Today, I'm gonna take it easy. I'm gonna make lots of bloopers, uh, and you can make fun of me later. Ooh, that sounds fun. Uh, uh, so. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's a great question. And so one, one thing I want to kind of frame the discussion with is this, you know, if you want to grow like nobody else is growing, you're probably going to have to do things that nobody else is doing. And so we're, we're a performance agency team of about 70. Uh, we got a big Amazon department. I've uh, been growing that since like 2015. And then we also, our other focus is D to C mainly through Google and YouTube. And then we have an email and, and loyalty department as well. Um, but you know, I would say if you're growing on Amazon, which I know everybody listens to this podcast is you have to have the basics first, right? Great PDPs. 
uh, solid sponsor product, you know, crushing sponsor brand, sponsor brand video, all of the basics, maybe even weaving in some Amazon DSP for remarketing and competitor targeting and things like that. So do that first. Like if that's not there, then you don't want to go to the advanced stuff. But when it comes to Google to Amazon, it can be very effective. It is a little harder to measure and it's not the place you would necessarily begin when you're launching your business. But but here's the, the facts. Like if someone is looking for a product online, they're going to start at one of two places almost certainly. They're either going to go to Amazon and search for it or they're going to go to Google and search for it. But here's what's also crazy, Norm. Uh, there's a lot of people that fully intend to buy on Amazon, so much so that they're searching for XYZ product on Amazon, but they're starting on Google. For a lot of people, right. the internet begins with Google. So there are millions and millions of searches a day. People searching for sheets on Amazon, new fanny pack on Amazon, which is weird that those are popular again, but they are. And so we just got to embrace that. Or Crocs on Amazon. Again, strange product that's popular again, but it is. Crocs on Amazon, but they start on Google. And so there's some strategic ways to use that. It's not like the brain dead simple, you know, if you run a sponsored product ad, it's probably going to work. Um, it's a little more complex than that, but it does work. It is strategic and it's a great fit when you're ready for it. So do you know any of the stats on where products start off or how often they're searched on Google? Um, so you you can pull some of that data through, if you have a Google Ads account, you can look at what, what's called the Google Keyword Planner and you basically key in some keywords. So if I sell, you know, cool, you know, cool uh, sheets for the summertime, or if I sell, you know, travel backpacks or whatever, um, you can start to, to key in those keywords into the search planner in, in Google Ads, and it'll give you estimates. Now, these are rough estimates. Google doesn't want to fully tell you the search volume. I think some of that's privacy related. Some of that is them just being secret. Uh, secretive, but you can also look at the tools like SEM Rush, which is one that I, I recommend. You got a free option, paid option. Yep. Uh, that'll give you some insights as well. But the way that I would look at keywords is it's more directional. I think there's some, I think that's true with, with Amazon keyword tools as well. I think some Amazon keyword tools are more accurate. The Google keyword tools, just because Google wants to be kind of vague, but um, they're directionally accurate, right? So if you see cooling bed sheets as a thousand, you know, searches a day and king size cooling sheets as 800 searches a day. You can be confident that the first one has more volume than the second one. You probably shouldn't put a ton of stock into the actual number that's there, if that makes sense. So you can, you can pull data from there that will give you insights and that'll kind of let you know where to start your campaigns. And then just got to watch the data, got to watch the data and see what's, what's working, what's performing and what's, what's generating sales. If you were to advise the seller from Amazon uh, when to get into it, when to start looking at this, where should they be? I just saw Sprigley Allen say truth. What's up, my brother? Uh, good, good to see you. I love Sprigley. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I would again kind of look at do I have the foundation there? Am I, am I performing like I want to? Maybe not perfect. There's always room for improvement and growth and stuff like that. But sponsor products, sponsor brands, sponsor brand video, like is that? Is that cranking along? And I know I've got a converting product detail page. I know I've got A plus content. I know I know my bullets are are you know I got those nailed. I've got I've got images and videos and things like that. 
So know you, that you've got a high converting page and you've got some of the basics there. And then I would look at investing in, in Google search. And here's what's also interesting, Norman, why this is kind of another reason to look at this is you may, you may look at it and say, hey, you know what? Uh, Amazon's already paying for my brand name. You know, people, when people search for my brand name, Amazon's already bidding on that keyword. So let me just let Amazon do that. And right. I don't have to spend that. Uh, but what's interesting is when that happens, Amazon always takes somebody from the ad on Google and they drop them off at a category page or like a search results page on, on Amazon, which includes your product for sure, but also your competitors and everybody else that's in that category. And so, uh, and also we know that those search results pages, those category pages on Amazon, they're filled with Amazon ads. And so the Amazon's got a little bit of arbitrage going there. They're paying for a click from Google, but then someone's landing on a page on Amazon where there are ads there. So Amazon's recouping some of that cost. Not a bad thing, not, not bad to let Amazon do that. But when you run ads, when you run ads from Google to your Amazon listing or your storefront, you're bypassing your competitors. You're, you're dropping someone directly on your product page, your storefront. So now they're shopping you without being enticed, you know, for other options. Because Amazon doesn't care, right? Amazon wants to get the click and then just sell whatever the client wants. You want someone to click and buy your stuff. And so that's a reason to do that. But I'd have the foundation there. Um, and then I would look at adding in Google to Amazon. So let's say you have a fairly large catalog and there's similar products. So I'm working with a, a company right now that uh, are protection sheets for your car or your garage floor. Nice. And they they have multiple variations, uh, but it goes to one store listing They're, because some of them are different. It could be the trim color. It could be whatever it is. But when should you drive these ads back to a store opposed to going over to a specific listing? Yeah, I think that it's going gonna, gonna to vary a little bit from store to store, but I think as a general rule, you want to look at uh, what is going to be the most useful for the, the shopper. And so that's going to be based on the, the keyword, right? And, and trying to understand what is the intent behind this search. So if I'm, in, I'm, if I'm typing in protective sheets for my garage, that's pretty generic. Uh, I would rather, as an advertiser, because I think it's better for the shopper, let's put them in on that category page in the Amazon storefront where they can see all of our options. They can see prices, reviews, all that. They can then find the, the right size, right color, right whatever for them. If someone's searching for something very specific, and I don't really, I'm not really following the protective sheets, so this is maybe going to be a bad example, but if someone's searching for a specific size, a specific use case, maybe color's important, maybe it's not but they're searching for those things, uh, then I would I would have that in a campaign where I could drop them in right on the PDP uh, if that's going to be most relevant. So for simplicity, you could just send everybody to the storefront to a category page, but I like to kind of delineate that way. If it's more of a category-based search, put them on a category page. If it's specific enough to be one product or one variant, uh, then drop them right on the, the PDP. Okay, great. All right, so now let's talk about the benefits. So what are the benefits of running uh, branded campaigns for your uh, for your business? Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, so branded campaigns, and this is interesting. So so the kind of, I sort of teased this, I already mentioned it before, but if you just let Amazon run, you know, ads for your branded campaign, or if you just, for your brand name, or if you just let organic ranking take over, you're always going to be susceptible to competitors swooping in, bidding on your, your brand name, or 
In the case of Amazon bidding on it, they're going to drop people off at a category page. And here's what I always tell people, like just because someone's searching for you by name does not mean they're set on buying from you, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe a friend told them about your brand. Maybe they saw your ad on Facebook or on Google or wherever. And so they're thinking, yes, I want to buy this brand. But hey, we're not Nike, right? If someone searches for Nike shoes, they're probably not going to buy Adidas or Reebok. But if they search for your brand name and they've never bought from you before, there's a good chance that if they land on a, on a page with lots of other competitors, they may be enticed by better reviews or better prices or better images or something. And so running brand campaigns ensures that we have the best chance of closing that deal and closing that that sale. One of the other things I really like is you know, running uh, a branded campaign gives us data. It shows how our brand searches are growing. And this, I know you can get that inside of Amazon, but you can also then get that from Google if you're running branded campaigns on on Google. And I remember, you know, hearing this from from one of the, the global heads of marketing at P&G, I think his name is Mark Pritchard, but he said that one of the, one of the surest signs that they're achieving success is growth in branded searches. When, when they see people, an increased number of people searching for a particular brand, that's when they know they're getting traction. Because that's when you go from just a seller of stuff where people are just maybe buying your stuff because you're the cheapest or the highest reviews. But, but after they purchase, they're like, oh, I bought this on Amazon, don't even know the brand, right? Versus, no, I sought this brand out because I heard it was great. I saw an ad. I'm convinced it's better, right? So, so being able to measure branded search is really important as well. And so... Yeah, I think avoiding competitors, getting more data, those are the, the main reasons. And and then one thing to, to kind of mention, and this really applies to Google rather than Amazon, it's supposed to be a little bit uh, complex, but I think it works. A lot of people say, hey, I don't want to pay for someone who's searching for my brand name if they're going to buy anyway. And so the way we like to separate things in Google is we like to have, uh, we like to separate it by, not just by the keyword, but by the person searching. And so we like to have separate campaigns for someone who's never bought from your brand before versus someone who has. So if we know someone has bought from our brand before, then maybe we won't bid on them for a brand name or maybe for our brand name or maybe we'll bid a lot less and just make that really efficient. But if someone has never purchased from us, just because they're searching for us by name does not mean they are guaranteed to purchase. And so we'll bid aggressively there. It's still going to be a very efficient campaign. We'll bid more aggressively there if we know it's a new customer. Okay. And you know, it's interesting that you were talking about this because coming into Chicago, um, my luggage broke. So I went on to Amazon and I was looking for new light and I knew what I was going to buy. So I did a branded search. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I didn't end up with it. Aha. Uh-huh. You know, I bought somebody else's that I thought was better. They had a higher perceived value, better images. So even though, like you were saying, that you start off with that brand, if you suck on a listing, doesn't mean you're going to get right. like brand defense. I love brand defense me in too. Amazon. Like, me too. I'll, I'll spend the money for that. And uh, yeah, and, and, you know, people don't like it a whole lot. You know, I've, I've heard people say, uh, um, you know, hey, if you run a branded campaign on Google, that's just paying a tax to Google. I don't want to pay a tax. Or if I have to, you know, do brand defense on Amazon, that yeah, you know, it's just I'm just lining Bezos's pockets, right? And it's not that those things are untrue. Um, it's just not a productive thought. Like, don't who cares? Like, you you need it to grow your business. And, and right. your example is perfect. We had this happen. We were talking with our, with our team about this skincare product. And this younger member of our team was like, you know, I saw this Facebook ad for this oil-based skincare product. I loved it. I fell in love with it. 
I clicked on the ad. It was too expensive. So I went to Amazon and I found something just like it and I bought it. Right. And that's, that's what happens, right? Or in your case, you search for a brand because you knew what you wanted in terms of luggage, but then you saw other stuff and you're like, well, this is better. I'm going to buy this. Yeah. But yeah, don't, don't think that. Don't be so arrogant um, to think that, hey, just because someone's searching for my brand name, it's in the bag. That's not the case unless someone is extremely loyal to you, which means they've already bought from you in the past. And usually that kind of extreme loyalty is reserved for, you know, clothing brands or maybe automobile brands, you know, things like that. Probably right. not what any of us are selling. So started really late. We're past the bottom of the hour. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, we always have something called the Wheel of Kelsey. And that's a giveaway that happens at the, again, at the end of the podcast. If you're interested, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Peg two people, you'll get a second entry. So I know we're in a rush today. But what do we have to give away today? Well, Norm, for one <laughs> lucky listener today who uh, is just so uh, lucky to get the wheel to land on their name, uh, they, they will get a, a free 30-minute consult with one of our senior strategists. And so I can make this either on the Amazon side or the Google side. So if you're like, hey, I need some help on you know Amazon listings or Amazon ads or Amazon DSP or whatever, I'll pair you with an Amazon strategist. If you say... I've got burning questions on Google, whether that's Google to my .com or Google to Amazon or whatever, and I'll pair you with a Google senior strategist. So 30 minute consult, not a pitch, just you asking questions and that, and we don't, we don't do this, uh, you know, other than, uh, for pitches and stuff like that. So, uh, make that available to one lucky listener and, uh, good luck. Perfect. So, uh, you've probably, if you've been a listener before, you probably heard, Chris uh, Brewer's been on a few times, uh, also from OMG Commerce. These guys know their stuff. So if you have 30 minutes um, with their top guys, you're getting your money's worth. Way more than your money's worth because it's free. These guys drag <laughs> All right, so that's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people, you get a second entry, and it's an awesome giveaway. So why don't we go over to a sponsor, uh, Kelsey, and then we'll come this episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by SureGo Marketing. Ready to take your brand to the next level on TikTok and Instagram? SureGo Marketing specializes in helping entrepreneurs and coaches build profitable brands on TikTok and Instagram and in less than 90 days. With SureGo Marketing, you can build your brand, create incredible video content, and increase leads without spending a single dime on ad spend. Visit SureGoMarketing.com today and elevate your brand. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. So if you do have any questions uh, for Brett, just uh, put them in the comment section. We've got oh, one question in there already. But if you have one or two more, that's all we can take today because we are cutting this off at uh, 11.50. All right. So let me see. Strategies. Let's talk about strategies that can be implemented in remarketing and loyalty campaigns to help retain customers. Yeah, I love this. And and so there's there's a variety of things we can do. I'll talk about kind of Amazon first, and then we can talk about anything using, you know, the Google Ads ecosystem. And so when it comes to Amazon, you know, we we love remarketing through sponsored display, but also Amazon DSP. And and we're actually we're one of the, the fastest growing Amazon DSP agencies back in 2018. We got invited out to the Amazon HQ because of that, which is a really cool experience. 
And so we continue to grow. We're, we're a big Amazon DSP agency. So, but I'm not saying this to be self-serving. Like Amazon DSP, I believe in it. It works. It's solid. Um, especially if you're growing and going to be investing a decent amount into remarketing, then I like DSP a little bit better than sponsored display, but they can both work. So typically what we're looking at when we're running Amazon DSP is for true remarketing. So someone visits a product detail page, they do not purchase. We want pretty tight windows of running Amazon DSP, meaning we don't want to run an ad to somebody for two or three weeks. You know, usually the consideration time for a product on Amazon is relatively short. So we want that little burst of a reminder, you know, three days, seven days, somewhere in there. Uh, also, Amazon uh, with with uh, DSP, you're paying more uh, for imp- you're paying by impressions, and so Amazon can go kind of hog wild and just show people, you know, normally if you're shopping for a product, Amazon can show you an ad 30 times in a couple of days. You're paying for that, so we like to have some frequency capping there that, that makes a big difference. And then the other thing we like to look at with with Amazon DSP is we like to look at some competitor targeting as well. So if someone's shopped for close competitors but have not purchased, let's run an ad for our project and see if we can steal them away. That's not loyalty. That's still kind of conquesting, but but I like that with Amazon DSP. The other thing I like to look at is, you know, one one uh, other fallacy. I think when we think about, hey, if someone searches for our brand by name, they're going to purchase. Another thing we may think about is, hey, if someone bought my carry-on bag, they'll surely buy my backpack too, right? If, if they knew that I had a backpack, they would buy it. Well, that may be true, but probably they don't know they have a backpack. And so um, using what we call bought X, not Y campaign. So looking at uh, if someone has bought one of our products, but not a complimentary product, we like to run ads for them. It's very easy to do inside of uh, Google uh, if you're running traffic back to your store. But I think that that use case is perfect, right? Someone's bought carry-on. They have not purchased a backpack. We can see that inside of Google Analytics for D2C purchases and not for Amazon purchases. Then we can run an ad for them uh, for backpacks. With with Amazon, we can target people that have purchased a, a carry-on and then we can just show them ads you know, for the backpacks. And so that's a great strategy. You know, often those are the highest converting campaigns. Again, on the Google side, uh, we run display campaigns, video campaigns on on YouTube, uh, dynamic display campaigns that kind of show up in different areas. There's a, there's a display ad format that shows up on the YouTube mobile app or inside of Gmail. Those are very powerful. And so, so again, we we love looking at. Hey, if you bought one of our products, let's cross sell and and make you aware of other products. Uh, because, you know, the easiest customer to sell to is somebody that's already purchased before. And so, you know, we found is most brands are running remarketing. Fewer brands are running loyalty, but almost nobody's doing it well, right? Nobody's really doing it well. And that and that comes down to like the right messaging. You know, you don't often use the same messaging you would to a prospect that you would to a, to an existing customer. Uh, you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to just go wild on, on open uh, time frames are going to be kind of focused, striking while the iron is is hot, so to speak. And then with loyalty, you know, we, we hear a lot of people that say, well, I just rely on uh, email and SMS for, for loyalty. And hey, I'm a huge fan of email and SMS. We have an email and SMS department. I think that's something we do. Um, but if you look at even really good emails, you're only getting, what, a 30%, 40%, maybe 50% open rate. So half to 70% of your audience that's on your email list is never going to see that email, right? And never going to see that SMS. And so uh, we want to do that too, for sure. But then for loyalty, let's run some display ads. Let's let's figure out something to do with Amazon DSP. Let's run some YouTube ads as well to get existing customers to purchase more. 
And so, so that's, that's kind of a quick overview, but there's a lot of money to be made in terms of good remarketing and good loyalty. There's also a lot of money to be wasted if you're not doing it the right way. That, that's right. Like anything, if you don't know what you're doing, you can just throw away a ton of money. Yeah. And, and Google, this is just what I've learned. I don't know if anybody else has seen this to be true. Google and Amazon, happy to take your money. Happy to what? take all of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I think they want you to do well, right? Because then you'll spend more and stuff. I think there's a lot of good people at, at both Google and Amazon, but they'll gladly take it. Uh, you Absolutely. give it to them, they will, they will definitely deposit that, that money. So. It's funny what you're talking about with DSB because uh, I've noticed just with some of the people we're working with, killing it. Yeah. And we, we always say, oh, you know, give it some time, let it work out. Every single month that we brought somebody on to DSP, it's profitable. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily look at ROAS as a thing. I do, but it's not really a big talking point for me. So many other KPIs. But the when I t- like we were launching this dog, dog bed, 25, 25 to 1 in ROAS. That's not bad. I'll, I'll trade a dollar for 25. I'd do that. I'd do that twice even if I had that dollar. Twice? Yeah. <laughs> Strangely all, enough, though. All day long, baby. Do that all day long. Yeah. Strangely enough, I'm not kidding you. So 25, 25 times, the uh, the brand ended up saying, ah, uh, we don't really want to put our money there. Understandable. Just that's. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, sometimes we do irrational things, right? Sometimes we look at the data, we either don't understand it, we don't believe it, or it's you know, too good to be true type of thing. But uh, but yeah, that is an area I would probably want to spend more, not less. A little tad. Yeah. Okay, we only got a few minutes uh, to go, so why don't we just get into some questions? Love it. Love that. And I do have another question if we've got time, but um, why don't we just get right into these, Kels? Okay. Uh, first one is from Neil. Uh, should I have a storefront if on, if I only have one product? Yeah, that's a great question. So with only one product, it's not really that necessary. The only thing I would think about there is that, you know, on your one product detail page, there is that clickable space where it says, you know, sold by, and then your brand name. And so I do like an experience where if someone clicks on that, which isn't a ton of people, but if someone clicks on that, I like for them to see you know, a little bit of branding and a little bit of our story. And so I think a very simple storefront is so worth it, especially if you're planning on adding to your product line, you're planning on launching new products. Because I believe like the future of, of success on Amazon is not just being a good seller, it's being a good brand builder, right? So you're building a brand and you're using Amazon as a vehicle to for discovery for new uh, customers and then also to to just to expand and product sampling and all that. So uh, rather than just kind of, hey, we're we're gaming the system or we're using the system to sell stuff, we're leveraging Amazon to build a brand. And so uh, I still like to have something built out there, but it's not nearly as important if you only have one product. And if you only have one product, I would keep that storefront very simple. All right. Okay, uh, and then we have Rad. Uh, are there any restrictions to using uh, OMG Commerce services, for example, sales volume or products? Yeah, great, great question, Rad. It's almost like I, I, I like seeded uh, that question. I, I don't know, Rad. Although, awesome name, Rad. Um, kudos to you and your parents uh, for an awesome name. But uh, so, so we do have some restrictions. Basically, what we're committed to is we want to. Make sure if we take on a client, it's more like a partnership, 
And we want to be very, very confident that they're going to get what they want out of the deal, like the growth, the return, all of that. And, and so we view it as a partnership. And so for our fees to make sense, you know, you do have to be at a kind of a certain level. And so I'll kind of give a, a couple of examples. You know, on the Amazon side, you usually need to be spending kind of 15 to 20K a month or so on ads before partnering with us makes sense. Usually you're in a, you know, a couple million dollars a year sales or, or greater there. there. There can be some exceptions. And so it's, you know, if you're kind of feel like you're borderline, it's probably worth reaching out to us and just having a quick chat on that. And we can see then on the Google side, kind of the same thing in that 20,000 plus in monthly ad spend on Google is where we really shine. Uh, however, we do have an option for someone who's brand new to Google, uh, or there's a thing we call foundation that can apply to a couple of, uh, in a couple of different scenarios. So we can go a little bit, a little bit lower there. But one thing we're really good at is we can look at your business. And as you kind of submit a form and stuff, we can tell you, Hey, you're probably not ready like this, but this is a trusted partner, you know, talk to whoever. Um, so we can do that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's we're we're just we're committed. We wanted to work for you, and so that's why we set up some of those restrictions. Perfect, Kelsey. We don't have to run a sponsorship today uh, because it's so short. But uh, Brett, how do people get a hold of you uh, or the company if they want to do yeah. some work with you? Yeah, best way is just omgcommerce.com, and then click on the uh, "Let's Talk" button or "Let's Chat." I actually forgot what it says. Uh, let's talk. And so, yeah, just fill out that form. We'll have a couple of additional questions for you, and then we can we can schedule a time to chat. So that's the easiest. If you just want to kind of like hang out and talk shop, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm a little bit active on Twitter slash X and Instagram and stuff, but but for sure LinkedIn if you just want to chat. But yeah, omgcommerce.com is the best way to get in touch. Fantastic. Okay, it looks like we might even have time for the Wheel of Kelsey. So if you are interested, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Uh, or tag two people, you'll get an entry for uh, a second entry, and that is for a 30-minute consult with OMG. So we'll get that uh, entered. We still got a couple minutes. All right, one last thing. One last thing, that I'll let you go. Um, it's about leveraging YouTube. So how can we, if you're a business, you know, how can we leverage YouTube pop-a-funnel ch- uh, campaigns to effectively reach and engage our, our, our audience? Yeah, so this is a this is a really big topic, and I would definitely recommend we we got a couple of free resources. I think Kelsey dropped them into the chat on what it takes to make a great YouTube ad and some things to consider there. YouTube is definitely advanced. This is like I would I would start with Google to Amazon way before I would consider YouTube as a growth vehicle. Um, you've got to get the creative right. Doesn't mean you have to spend a fortune on it, but but YouTube creative feels a little bit more like TV. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen the most success with is what we would consider kind of short form infomercials. So one to three minute ads that kind of feel like a short infomercial. Those are the ads that really drive conversions from YouTube. Here's a couple of things to think about with YouTube. Uh, one, it's something like 68 or 70% of people that use YouTube say they go there for product recommendations, at least some. So people go to YouTube to research a product, to see reviews, to see demos, things like that. Um, often if somebody sees a YouTube ad, they see it very first. It's at like the very top of the funnel. So it's often kind of hard to measure YouTube because there's not often that direct click and purchase, right? Sponsored products, easy. I'm clicking on that thing. I'm buying that day or within a couple of days. If I see a YouTube ad, I may be weeks away from purchasing, right? I may not even be thinking about it yet, but now your YouTube ads got me thinking about it. And now I kind of get into your funnel some other way. Maybe then I go search for you on Amazon. 
then I get hit on, you know, hit by your remarketing campaigns, and then I purchase. But YouTube started it, YouTube didn't finish it. So measuring it is kind of difficult. And what we've seen the most success from, because I think it's easier to measure, it's a little cleaner, is sending someone from YouTube to your .com or to a landing page. And then you kind of measure some metrics there. Um, and then you can either link to Amazon from there, or you just got to know people are going to search for on Amazon, right? People that buy on Amazon, buy on Amazon. We Quick quick story here, uh, normally kind of illustrates this point. Uh, had a, la- a large hair care brand as a client for a number of years. And we were spending two, three hundred thousand a month on YouTube ads, so so decent spender. And uh, we were running all the ads to their dot com. We said a special offer there, and so that's where all the traffic was going. Click on the ad; it's going to their dot com. What we noticed was though that uh, when we started going hard on YouTube, Amazon grew. And right around the time we hit iOS fourteen, so it's been a couple years now. But iOS fourteen point five, when all tracking was broken, they paused YouTube for a little bit. Paused YouTube just to kind of make sure tracking, they could figure out tracking. When they did, we saw searches on Amazon get cut in half. So we weren't sending people to Amazon. We were sending people to the store. But people see this ad, they're sold or at least intrigued by the product. The next thing they do is they go search for it on on Amazon. So if you're going to invest in YouTube, yes, you want to be able to track direct conversions, but that's only part of the story. And that's a small part of the story. You also want to be able to track brand growth, brand lift, uh, how are you growing on Amazon and your .com? So there's some ways you have to look at measurement, but YouTube is massive. YouTube has more visitors than even Facebook, right? YouTube is the number two search engine on the planet behind Google, right? More searches take place on YouTube than happen on, you know, Bing or any of the other, you know, DuckDuckGo, any of the other search engines. Um, so yeah, YouTube, I love YouTube. In fact, I'm doing an event uh, at the YouTube LA offices, Um here this fall, I got invited to speak out there. We're hosting an event on you know how to grow your brand using YouTube. So big, big fan. It's just it's more advanced. It's not the place to start. Uh, I would do you know foundation on Amazon, then Google to Amazon, then I would think about uh, YouTube for growth. Perfect. So you got to get out of here. So Brett Curry, thank you so much for coming on OMG Commerce and the great podcast host. You want to give it a plug? Yes, would love to. I I love podcasting. Love your podcast, Norm. I host the e-commerce evolution podcast. So uh, you can search for e-commerce evolution wherever you like to consume podcasts and you'll see it. Just did a big episode on YouTube here recently with my buddy Jacques Spitzer from Raindrop. We talk about how to achieve exit velocity on YouTube, which is just a fancy way of saying how do you scale on on YouTube. Uh, So check that out. And uh, yeah, Norm, man, man, this has been super fun. Thanks for Thanks for coming on. Thanks for hoofing it. Thanks for ru- thanks for running to be on this podcast. And uh, yeah, really, really appreciate it. And a lot of fun. No problem. And this body does not run well. <laughs> <laughs> but you All right. did it. You did it. I did it. Oh, and I'm paying the price. But uh, okay. Thank you. We'll let you know who the winner is, but I know you got to run. So thank you again Mark. for being on. I hope everybody liked the, the uh, information that Brett was able to present. Uh, but we're going to go directly over to the wheel right now and see who the lucky winner is. Then it's the time for the real techniques. All right. Okay, so we have our wheel, Kelsey. Thank you, everyone, who entered today's 
giveaway. We do this every single podcast, so make sure you come back Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, every week. And let's see who today's winner is. So if you are the winner, please email me, k at lunch with Norm. Neil, congratulations. Thank you, Lena. Uh, a great prize today. You know the drill. Email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com for your prize, and we'll hook you up. Okay, so I think that's it. This is the last time you'll be seeing me in this hotel room. I am going to be back live on Friday. Uh, I just found out my travel uh, plans have changed, so I'll be live in the studio Friday. Uh, so that'll be great. Always like being at the home studio, uh, and I don't have to run very much. Uh, so I put in about 10 years of steps uh, getting back here. But anyways... Uh, let's see, Kels, do you have anything to add other than, uh, teasing me about my running and stuff to get back here? Well, it sounds like we need to find a guest for Friday because this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Uh, yeah, I just found out. So uh, maybe we talk to Wilfred and see if he wants to come on on Friday. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, just do okay. your job. Don't, do your, don't, yeah. don't say things like that on the podcast. Disagree. You're I mean, not you're nod and wave. That's all we want. I only want you to nod and wave. Okay. All right. We'll see what we can do. Um, it's going to be a fun episode on Friday for sure. So come check that out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll looking at my itinerary. All right. Well, congrats, Neil. Um, and yes, Simon. Simon I, I think I think uh, actually uh, Kelsey has rigged the wheel. Actually, Chuck uh, Bowlings is here. He's one of the, the guests uh, at the event, and uh, I think he's one of the more popular winners. Uh, so I got him to donate another 20 bucks into Kelsey's pocket, and I'm sure he's going to win a few more times. But uh, anyways, thanks a lot for joining us today. Sorry for running late. Um, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you, you want a 20-minute or half-hour podcast. But uh, anyways, and that's a question, by the way. We run hour-long Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here.